This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think millennials and Gen Z need to go easier on ourselves when it comes to things like discipline and self-control. It's like there have never been more forces conspiring to make you into a train wreck than there is today. Like all it takes is one moment of weakness. Like, like you can completely destroy your credit score buying a 3 a.m. Zinger box on Afterpay. The sheer amount of nefarious actors you know, conspiring to hack your dopamine. Like, I've seen more thirst traps than all of my ancestors combined. You know, like, like there are more treats you have to say no to in the average server now than there was in your entire lifetime 200 years ago. You'd, you'd probably kill a Victorian era child if you gave him a packet of sour gummy worms. Like, I just don't think we've reconciled this fact, you know, the, the sheer amount of willpower that's required to exist today. Like, like you think about Jesus, right? He was like the 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 poster boy for resisting temptation. But how much temptation was really on offer in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? Yeah, like there's so much more going on now. Like he, was, he was the rock star back in the day, performing his miracles and this and that, but he comes back and does that now. Like At best, he's like a mid-tier YouTuber. A you know, man feeds 5,000 with only a few loaves and fishes. That's not going far. It's 100k views at best. You know, like if, if he come back now, like he probably, probably already has come back. We just haven't noticed because he's been sucked into the vortex of hedonism like the rest of us, but he'd probably just do something that actually did get him some attention, you know, like become a DJ, you know, use his powers to come from obscurity and crush a boiler room set, get himself on the lineup for Coachella. Of course, then people would say he only got there because he's a Nepo baby, but, you know. I think the main point here is I think that, I think that Fred again could be the second coming of Christ. It kind of makes sense, right? Like, you know, his surname is again. What's going on, my friends? You are listening to another episode of Real English Radio. I am your host, Tony Kaizen. And today we're talking about taking it easy on yourself, not going so hard on yourself, giving yourself a break, right? You just heard a young Australian man talking about the fact that it's easy for us to criticize ourselves and be really hard on ourselves these days and feel bad because we lack discipline, because we lack the ability to focus. Our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and we just don't have any motivation or any drive to do anything anymore. Everything seems so pointless, right? But although it's like something that needs to be addressed, we need to solve this problem. It's not necessarily all your fault that you're lacking motivation or that you have a hard time focusing or staying dedicated to something because there are more forces now than ever before. More forces that are trying to divide your attention, suck your time and energy away from you in the name of higher profits. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to get into all the details of this clip right now. I'm going to explain all the nouns, verbs, and adjectives like I always do, just to make sure you can understand everything that was said 
in that clip because I know that some of y'all might not be familiar with the Australian accent. Some of that stuff that he said might not have been so clear. So as your linguistic guide, I'm going to be here. I'm going to give me a hand. All right. Place your hand in mine and let us walk down this line to the. I was trying to find a word that rhymes with line. Um, destination. You know what the fuck I'm trying to say. All right, I'm going to start from the beginning, play the clip again, piece by piece, and explain some of the more advanced terms. All right, let's do it. I think millennials and Gen Z need to go easier on ourselves when it comes to things like discipline and self-control. Like there have never been more forces conspiring to make you into a train wreck than there is today. Okay, so he's saying millennials and Gen Z. He actually said Gen Z which is the way that Australians and I believe British people say the letter Z. Americans obviously say Z. So you're saying millennials and Gen Z, we need to go easier on ourselves when it comes to things like discipline and self-control because there have never been more forces conspiring to make you a train wreck than there are today. So to conspire, it just means to come together secretly with some kind of harmful or deceitful intention. These people have come together to do something that is not good at all. These these billionaire tech companies are working together to um, basically do you harm in a way that results in them making more money. You know, they, they're conspiring to make you a train wreck. And a train wreck, in this case, when speaking like figuratively or metaphorically, it just means a chaotic or disastrous situation or in this case a person you know what i mean so if somebody is a train wreck they're just a fucking mess man all over the place they're just a walking talking problem you know what i mean imagine a train wreck literally a train crashing on the tracks and now that train is a person just imagine what that would be like all right so there are more forces than ever before that are conspiring to turn you into a fucking train wreck a mental mess addicted to this technology that's what he's saying all right all right let's continue you into a train wreck than there is today like all it takes is one moment of weakness like like you can completely destroy your credit score buying a 3 a.m zinger box on afterpay like, all right i don't know exactly what he, he said you can completely destroy your credit score by buying a 3 a.m zinger box on afterpay i don't know what the fuck a zinger box is maybe that's something that australians would understand but i don't know what that means but i do understand he's saying you can completely destroy your credit by a moment of like having a moment of weakness at three in the morning and you see that okay i don't have enough money to pay for it right now but they let me finance it so i can pay for it over six months or nine months or 12 months and you know you're really just creating more financial problems and liabilities for yourself you're fucking up your credit fucking up your financial situation just because you had this moment of weakness you've seen the ad enough times you're in this state of uh what's the word impressionability let's say and you just make a bad decision that fucks up your financial stability. I believe that's the, the idea of what he's saying. All right, so let's continue. Buying a 3 a.m. zinger box on Afterpay. Look, the sheer amount of nefarious actors you know, conspiring to hack your dopamine. Like, I've seen more thirst traps than all of my ancestors combined. <laughs> all right, there's a lot to explain right there. So he says, look, the sheer amount of nefarious actors conspiring to hack your dopamine. I've seen more thirst traps than all of my ancestors combined. So the first word, nefarious. The sheer amount of nefarious actors. The word nefarious describes somebody who is villainous or criminal in nature, a bad actor, somebody who intentionally wants to do something bad. That is a nefarious individual. So the sheer amount of nefarious actors or individuals or people conspiring to hack your dopamine or in other words, exploit or manipulate the dopamine centers in your brain is just ridiculous. It's, it's crazy how many companies and individuals, businesses or whatever, are trying to hack your dopamine and keep your eyes and ears and mind and soul fixed on whatever they want to show you. And then he goes on to say, I've seen more thirst traps than all of my ancestors combined. Now, a thirst trap, this is... Um, how can I explain thirst trap? The, the dictionary definition is alluring images or media posted online to attract attention or admiration, often of a sexual or provocative nature. So if you think about the typical fucking uh, modern woman 
um, this is a generalization, obviously, but if you think about the typical fucking chick on Instagram who's posting pictures of her half-naked body with the sole intention of getting people's attention and likes and comments, maybe she wants to be an influencer, maybe she needs the validation, knowing that these thirsty, desperate young men who are afraid to talk to women, most likely, who are not having sex, most likely, they're going to be fucking scrolling on Instagram, looking at her profile, just thirsty. And thirsty, in this case, it's like slang for somebody who's desperate, desperately in need of something, most likely attention or validation or something like that. So if a dude is thirsty for for these women, he's like, um, just feels desperate, like he has to have it or he's going to die the same way somebody might die of thirst if they don't get enough water, right? So a thirst trap is a trap that's intentionally set for thirsty individuals to come and quench their thirst, metaphorically speaking, you know? Hopefully that example will make sense. I'm sure it's something that we've all seen at one point or another. So he's saying, I've seen more thirst traps than all of my ancestors combined. This is something that uh, Jordan Peterson talks about quite often too. He's saying like, this is a major problem with pornography on the internet. It's like the average young boy, I get, I mean, girls watch porn too, but it's really, it's largely a male problem, porn addiction, right? So the average young male has seen more naked women <laughs> than all of his ancestors combined. You know what I mean? Think about your great, 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 great grandfather. How many naked women did he actually see? How many fucking women did he actually have sex with from the time he was born to the time he died? Now think about that in comparison to today. Just the unlimited, unfiltered access to sexual content, naked women, sex toys, uh, dating apps, whatever you want to call it. I mean, just all this exposure at your fucking fingertips, man, at your fingertips. And that's something that really doesn't get considered when we're comparing our parents, well, my parents' generation or my grandparents' generation with millennials or Gen Z. Like, it's easy to say, man, these fucking lazy kids, they're distracted, no attention span, they can't pay attention, they don't want to work hard, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, if you were our age, if you were born in the same generation in time that we were, you would probably fall to those same forces. You know, it's easy for you to say because you didn't have to deal with all that when you were 13, 16, 18, or 24, right? I think that's the point. So getting back to what he was saying, the sheer amount of bad actors with bad intentions combined trying to hack your dopamine is just insane. Like we've seen more thirst traps in our lifetime than all of our ancestors combined over thousands of years, right? I never thought about that till I watched this clip, man. It's something interesting to um to think about. Well, let's continue. Here we go. Dopamine. Like I've seen more thirst traps than all of my ancestors combined. You know, like there like there are more treats you have to say no to in the average server now than there was in your entire lifetime two hundred years ago. You'd, you'd probably kill a Victorian era child if you gave him a packet of sour gummy worms. <laughs> okay, so he says there are more treats that you have to say no to. In the average servo, I don't know what he means by that. That's what the transcript says. But if that's not what he said, I, I have no idea what he actually said. That Aussie accent sometimes is a bit challenging for me. So he says, basically what he's saying is there are more treats. And when he says treats, he means like um, things or experiences that give you pleasure. Like, for example, you might give your dog a treat, a little piece of food that's uh, not what he normally eats, like every morning or afternoon or whatever, you feed your dog a bowl of food, that's his normal food. But if he's just being good or you want to surprise him or whatever, you give him an extra piece of food as a treat, like a present, something that just makes him happy because you're giving it to him unexpectedly. You know what I mean? So um, let me see another way I can explain treats. I'm sure you get the idea, but a treat, I guess, for humans might be like a bowl of ice cream or a piece of cake, a piece of candy. You know, it's something that you indulge in that isn't necessarily good for you and you're not going to consume it all the time. But when you do, it's like a pleasant surprise and it's just nothing but pure pleasure. You know what I mean? Like a cookies and cream Hershey's bar. That's a fucking treat. You know what I'm saying? So there are more treats that you have to say no to or reject or deny than ever before in the last 200 years, you know? And then he goes on to give an example. I think he's trying to be funny. He says, you'd probably kill a Victorian era child if you gave him a packet of sour gummy worms. So if you think back to the Victorian era, they didn't have 
like uh what's it what do they call it high fructose corn syrup and overly processed foods and candies and treats and snacks and shit so if you gave and gummy worms just in case you don't know it's a form of candy um it's like a gelatin like piece of candy that's really sweet and it's got some sugar on it that tastes pretty sour it's it's a type of candy so he's saying if you gave a modern piece of candy to a kid from the victorian era you probably kill him and he's trying to emphasize like how much more potent and how much more uh effective these treats and substances and technologies are at hacking our dopamine systems they're so much stronger than anything that ever existed two or five or seven hundred years ago all right all right let's continue your child if you gave him a packet of sour gummy worms i just don't think we've reconciled this fact you know the, the sheer amount of willpower that's required to exist today like like you think about Jesus, right? He was like the, the the poster boy for resisting temptation. But how much temptation was really on offer in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? Yeah, like there's so much more going on now. Okay, so he says, I just don't think we've reconciled with the fact that the sheer amount of willpower that's required to exist today. So to reconcile with something just means to come to terms with something, basically to accept something. You know what I mean? So we haven't accepted the fact, we haven't come to terms with the fact, we haven't realized and accepted that we need so much more willpower to exist today than people needed hundreds or thousands of years ago. And willpower is basically the ability, Jesus can't talk, the ability, <laughs> the ability to control your impulses and resist temptation. You have to have lots of willpower to resist all the temptation on offer these days. That's what he's saying. And we haven't reconciled with that fact. So if you think about Jesus, He's saying Jesus was the poster boy for resisting temptation. Now, the poster boy for something is a person who represents a particular quality or cause or concept. So if you're the poster boy for resisting temptation, you are the perfect example of what resisting temptation looks like. So much so that they would put you on a fucking poster on walls all over the city and say, this is who you should aspire to be. This is the example. You know what I mean? That's what it means to be the poster boy, or you'll often hear the poster child for blah, blah, blah. Just means you are the perfect example of blah, blah, blah. So Jesus was the poster boy for resisting temptation. Everybody knew him for that. He was the best example of that. But how much temptation or how many urges or desires to do something, especially wrong things or harmful things, how much temptation was really on offer in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? There was no pornography right? There was no fucking social media. Did they have cigarettes back then? I doubt it. When was the cigarette invented? I don't fucking know. Um, I'm sure they had wine, but they didn't have fucking whiskey. There were just less things or fewer things to uh, get addicted to back then, you know? And even if there were things that people got addicted to, they're just, they just weren't as strong or potent as they are today. I think that's the point. He's saying there's so much more going on now. And if something is going on in this context, it just means happening or occurring, taking place. There are so many more things happening these days, all day, every day. You know what I mean? So many more distractions and temptations that just didn't exist a long time ago. Right? All right, I'm going to go back a little bit and we'll continue. Like, you think about Jesus, right? He was like the, the, the poster boy for resisting temptation. But how much temptation was really on offer in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? You know, like there's so much more going on now. Like he, was, he was the rock star back in the day, performing his miracles and this and that, but he comes back and does that now. Like, at best, he's like a mid-tier YouTuber. You know, man feeds 5,000 with only a few loaves and fishes. That's not going far. It's 100k views at best. That's real shit. <laughs> so he's still talking about Jesus. He's saying he was a rock star back in the day, a superstar, a celebrity back in the day or a long time ago. He was performing his miracles and this and that and blah, blah, blah. So a miracle is like an extraordinary, um, let me find the dictionary definition, a miracle, extraordinary and inexplainable damn unexplainable jesus extraordinary and unexplainable events perceived as divine intervention does that make sense to you um like your kid gets fucking cancer and they say he's got six months to live but you know 
the last week of his of the life that he's expected to live, somebody comes and finds a cure. Or they say that you, you've you beaten cancer, little boy. You're going to live. Oh, my God. It's a miracle. Right? It's a miracle. Un milagro. Um, so he's saying that Jesus was performing his miracles and this and that. But if he comes back today, if he comes back and does that same stuff now, what, walking on water, turning water into wine and shit, right? At best, that gets, what, 100,000 views? That's what he's saying. He's like, if, J- if Jesus came back today, at best, he would be like a mid-tier YouTuber. And a mid, you have like low tier, mid tier, and high tier in terms of, in this case, fame or recognition. So if you're a mid tier, you're just like average. You know, you're not unknown, but you're also not at the top. You're not one of the highest of the high level YouTubers, right? So he's saying, at best, he's a mid tier YouTuber. And so then he he's kind of referencing what you might see in the title of a YouTube video. He says, a man feeds 5,000 people with only a few loaves and fishes. That's not going viral. That's 100,000 views at best. And so a a loaf of bread is like the long single piece of bread and then you slice it into individual pieces and you take two pieces and you might make a sandwich. A loaf of bread is a big piece of bread. I don't have another word to describe it. So he's saying a man feeds 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and some fishes. That's not going viral in 2023. That gets 100,000 views at best, at most. You know what I'm saying? That's the point. All right, let me go back a few seconds. Uh, let me see so much more going on now. All right, here we go. He was he was the rock star back in the day, performing his miracles and this and that, but he comes back and does that now. Like at best, he's like a mid-tier YouTuber. You know, man feeds five thousand with only a few loaves and fishes. That's not going far. It's a hundred K views at best. You know, like if, if he come back now, like he probably probably already has come back. We just haven't noticed because he's been sucked into the vortex of hedonism like the rest of us. But Alright, if he came back now. Um, we pro we, well, I guess he says if he came back now, he probably already has come back. We just haven't noticed because he's been sucked into the vortex of hedonism. Now, a vortex is like a powerful whirlpool that kind of draws you into the center. Um, I don't really have any words to, to illustrate it better than that, but hopefully that makes some kind of sense. And hedonism, which is the important word here, hedonism is the pursuit of pleasure and self-indulgence as the primary or highest good. So if somebody is living in a hedonistic way, it means that they're in, they only live to seek pleasure. Nothing else. No meaning, no responsibility, no struggle, no hardship. They only want to do things that bring them pleasure. Right? Sex, drugs, alcohol, rock and roll, you name it. Video games, porn, whatever. They only know how to seek out intense pleasure. That's all they want to do. And that's their lifestyle. That is a hedonistic person or somebody who is living in the world of hedonism. Okay. He's saying that if Jesus actually came back, we wouldn't even notice it because even Jesus might be sucked into the vortex of hedonism like the rest of us mortal human beings, right? Back now, he probably probably already has come back. We just haven't noticed because he's been sucked into the vortex of hedonism like the rest of us. But He'd probably just do something that actually did get him some attention, you know, like become a DJ. You know, use his powers to come from obscurity and crush a boiler room set. <laughs> okay, he says uh, he'd probably just do something that actually did get some attention, like become a DJ. He would use his powers to come from obscurity and crush a boiler room set. Now, obscurity is like um, uh, the state of being unknown. Or something that's unimportant, right? So he'd go from being unknown and unimportant, and he'd use his, his powers to crush a boiler room set. Now, to crush in this context just means to perform exceptionally well. If somebody crushes a performance or crushes a job, it means that they did an excellent fucking job. Man, you crushed it. Man, he fucking crushed. You see that guy? You saw Jesus fucking set at Coachella? He fucking crushed it. I'm motherfucker crushed it, man. I'm buying tickets for next year if he's going to play. God damn. So that's what it means to crush. Now, a boiler room set, I can't give you the exact definition, but what I think of when I hear boiler room set, first of all, a set is like a performance. So a boiler room set, I, I'm assuming is a performance in a boiler room. I really don't know anything more than that, so I can't explain it in any more detail. But he's just saying to to give an excellent performance. That's really what he's saying. If Jesus came back, he'd probably become a fucking DJ and use his powers to crush a performance 
at some concert. And then he actually goes on to say that. He mentions Coachella. He says he'd probably get himself on the lineup for Coachella. Now, the lineup at a concert or something like that is just a list of everybody that's performing. So on this year's lineup, we have Schoolboy Q and Freddie Gibbs and Drake and Kendrick Lamar. That's the lineup for this performance, the list of people that are going to perform. Okay, so he might get himself on the lineup for Coachella, the famous festival, right? Let me go back and play it again. You're getting some attention. I like become a DJ. You use these powers to come from obscurity and crush a boiler room set. Get himself on the lineup for Coachella. Of course, then people would say he only got there because he's a Nepo baby. But, you know, I think the main point here is I think that I think that Fred again could be the second coming of Christ. Okay. So let me go back just a little bit because we're still talking about Jesus. If he came back, he'd be a DJ and, and perform at Coachella. But then, of course, people would say he only got to Coachella because he's a Nepper baby. A Nepper baby. N-E-P-P-E-R. Nepper baby. Now, this is the first time I've heard this term, although, I mean, I understood exactly what he meant, especially because of the context. Because when he says Nepper baby, this term is used to suggest that somebody is benefiting from what we call nepotism. Let me get the actual definition of nepotism. The practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives, friends, or associates, especially by giving them jobs. So if you think about like a, somebody who works as the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, the CEO of Google, the CEO of fucking Facebook or TikTok or whatever, name a company, the CEO. The CEO has uh, a son who wants to work for the company, but instead of making his son go through the formal interview process and prove that he's qualified for the job, he just gives his son the job. And because he has that power, he's well-connected. He's the fucking CEO. If he wants something done, he, he gets it done. Whereas anybody else doesn't have those connections, so they have to start at the bottom, get qualified and approved for the job, and then rise up in the company over time. But just because you're you're a relative or a close friend of this person that has power, they use their power and connections to hook you up, right? Give you the advantage and give you some benefits that you really don't deserve and you have no qualifications for. That's nepotism. You see what I'm saying? So a nepper baby, referring to somebody who um, most likely the child of somebody that's in power or has influence and is getting all these privileges and benefits and getting into these powerful uh, lucrative positions just because they're connected to powerful people. I really hope that makes sense. Because I mean, the son of fucking God, Jesus Christ, the son of God, um, they would say, well, he, he's only a famous DJ. He's only rich and, and famous and successful because he's the son of God. He's being ironic. I hope you can understand that. He's being ironic when he says that. They said if Jesus came back and became a DJ, he'd perform at Coachella and be famous, but then people would talk shit and say that he is benefiting from nepotism because he's the son of God. The same way a kid might benefit from his dad being the CEO of a company. You know what I mean? I hope so. All right, let me play that last part one more time. He's a nepo baby, but, you know. I think the main point here is I think that, I think that Fred again could be the second coming of Christ. It kind of makes sense, right? Like, you know, his surname is again. All right, that last part might not have made sense because it's a cultural thing. He said that Fred again could be the second coming of Christ. I mean, it makes sense. His surname or his last name is again. Now, Fred again, for those of y'all that don't know, I actually had to Google this shit because I didn't know who it was either. Apparently, it's a DJ. So that's the connection between what he was saying and I guess the joke that he made at the end. He's saying, Fred again, this DJ could be the second coming of Christ. It makes sense because his last name is again, like Jesus comes again. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be funny, I guess. But that is the clip, my friends. Now, before we continue, I'll just play it from start to finish one more time. Because like I said, I know the accent might be challenging. I know there might have been a lot of advanced words and phrases in there. So now that I've explained at least the majority of what was said, hopefully hearing it one more time, it'll be much clear. Much clear. Jesus Christ. It'll be much more clear. <laughs> and we'll continue. All right, let's do it. I think millennials and Gen Z need to go easier on ourselves when it comes to things like discipline and self-control. It's like there have never been more forces conspiring to make you into a train wreck than there is today. Like all it takes is one moment of weakness. Like, like you can completely destroy your credit score buying a 3 a.m. Zinger box on Afterpay. Like 
the sheer amount of nefarious actors you know, conspiring to hack your dopamine. Like, I've seen more thirst traps than all of my ancestors combined. You know, like there, like there are more treats you have to say no to in the average server now than there was in your entire lifetime 200 years ago. You'd, you'd probably kill a Victorian era child if you gave him a packet of sour gummy worms. Like, I just don't think we've reconciled this fact, you know, the, the sheer amount of willpower that's required to exist today. Like, like you think about Jesus, right? He was like the, the, the poster boy for resisting temptation. But how much temptation was really on offer in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago? Yeah, like there's so much more going on now. Like he was, he was the rock star back in the day, performing his miracles and this and that, but he comes back and does that now. Like At best, he's like a mid-tier YouTuber. You know, man feeds 5,000 with only a few loaves and fishes. That's not going far. It's 100k views at best. Yeah, like if, if he come back now, like he probably probably already has come back. We just haven't noticed because he's been sucked into the vortex of hedonism like the rest of us. But he'd probably just do something that actually did get him some attention, you know, like become a DJ. You know, use his powers to come from obscurity and crush a boiler room set. Get himself on the lineup for Coachella. Of course, then people would say he only got there because he's a Nepo baby. But, you know, I think the main point here is I think that I think that Fred again could be the second coming of Christ. It kind of makes sense, right? Like, you know, his surname is again. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, my friend. So what do you think the second time around? Was it easier to understand? Was everything clear for you? I hope so. Sincerely hope so. But now let's uh, let's just talk briefly about the idea of this clip, right? Because really, again, he's saying one thing that we really need to appreciate and I guess accept is the fact that there's more temptation now than ever before in recorded history. You know, it's very easy for my parents or grandparents to look at millennials and Gen Z and say, you fucking lazy pieces of shit. You guys don't have any motivation. You guys are always distracted. No attention spans. You just want to be on your phones all day. You want to play video games all day. You want to fucking party and smoke weed and do drugs and shit. It's easy to say all that when the reality is there's a very good chance that if they were born in our time, if they were born in Gen Z's time, they would be in the same fucking situation, right? They simply didn't have as much temptation, as many distractions as we have today in 2023. They just didn't. They didn't, you know, so it's kind of it's really not a fair comparison. And another thing to, to really pay attention to is it's not just kids. That's a really common narrative, at least in Western society. These fucking kids addicted to their phones, addicted to the PlayStation, addicted to the TV, addicted to this, addicted to that. I know plenty of 30, 40, 50, and even 60-year-old men and women also addicted to their phones on Facebook all day, on YouTube all day, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all fucking day. It is not just children. It is not just Gen Z. It is not just millennials. It's not. It's everybody, bro. And that's really something to consider because not everybody's addicted to weed or alcohol or cigarettes. Or, or gambling, or whatever, but almost everybody you know that has a smartphone is addicted to that shit. Tell me I'm wrong, bro. It's not even about being right or wrong. Just It's about stopping and considering that. Ask yourself if you think I'm right or wrong. Ask yourself or think about the people in your life, everybody you know with a smartphone. Are they or are they not addicted to that shit? Do they or do they not have it with them at all 
times. You know what I mean? It's really interesting to think about. Also, the the culture of instant gratification. I think that's something that certainly comes from the millennial and Gen Z era because when I think about my parents and when they were kids and certainly my grandparents, instant gratification wasn't really, I'm sure it existed, but it just wasn't as prevalent back then. Amazon didn't exist and you couldn't tap a few buttons on your phone and have boxes delivered to your front door in less than 24 hours, right? You couldn't be bored, pull out a cell phone and open six or seven different apps with unlimited entertainment at your fucking fingertips. They didn't have that, right? If you wanted to fucking get into a relationship, there were no dating apps. You had to leave the house, get dressed, cut your fucking hair, wash your face, you know what I mean? Shave your balls, put on some deodorant, cologne. You know what I mean? Go out to a bar or a club or a party or a bookstore or a cafe or whatever and actually use your communication skills to talk to and engage with another person. And then you go from stranger to acquaintance to whatever happens after that. Girlfriend, boyfriend, fuck buddy, whatever, situationship, you know what I'm saying? But to get to that level of sexual activity, you had to actually leave the house and engage. But now you can swipe on Tinder, you can get on Pornhub, Hinge, Bumble, whatever, whatever, right? It's right there at your fingertips. You don't even have to leave the house, you know? Don't even have to leave the house. It's there all the time. So when the urge hits you, and it will hit you, it's very easy to just pull out the phone, look at the screen, and do what you do. That wasn't possible 50, 60, 80, 100 years ago. You know? And now it's possible. You're bored, we got entertainment. You're horny, we got porn. We got dating apps. You're hungry, we got food delivery apps. You need something, we got Amazon delivered straight to the house. Everything is instant. Everything is right now. I want it now, I will have it now. And I don't even have to work for it anymore. You know? It really has... a. Uh, I think, affected our relationship with self-control. Because when you slowly but surely train yourself to expect everything right now, there's no reason to control oneself. Because if I want it, I'm a habit right now. And that's just the way it is. So why do I need to control myself or show restraint or be patient or work for anything when I don't have to? Right? All these different platforms and, and companies. And, and it's crazy how like, the biggest tech companies on the planet, especially ones that own social media companies, they've actually worked with scientists. They have worked with scientists to design these apps in such a way that hack human nature, that exploit the vulnerabilities of your natural brain to the point where you can't resist. You have to stay on the app and keep looking and keep scrolling and keep watching and keep liking and keep commenting again and again and again and again. It's been designed to exploit your natural vulnerabilities. By fucking professionals, dude. We're not talking about some dudes in a garage. We're talking about scientists that study human behavior, psychology, right? Neurology, all these things. They know what they're doing. They know. They understand addiction. And they use that knowledge in a nefarious way to exploit your vulnerability, you know? And I, I'm not educated. I'm not even close to educated enough to even go into detail on any of that. But that's the understanding I have, that they figured out how to hack the dopamine centers of your brain to the point where you're addicted to this source of cheap, quick and easy dopamine. And you just keep coming back for more and more and more like a fucking crackhead. There is no difference. And what's that? Isn't that funny how like you'll sit and look at somebody like a, a crack addict, a heroin addict, a meth head, as if they're disgusting people. You know, you feel pity. You feel like you're better than them because <laughs> you're not homeless living on the street sucking dick for crack rocks. But if somebody took away your phone for a week, just a week, imagine how that would affect you, bro. Could you, could you imagine fucking 30 years from now when addiction's at an all-time high and there are people in the in back alleys sucking dick for cell phones? You know? <laughs> like, hey, c come on, man. Just, just five minutes on the Instagram. I'll suck your dick. I'll be nice to you. I'll do something nice for you. You know? It's, uh, it's not good, man. It's not good. 
And so I think the the main point of the clip is we really got to I think it's it's uh, it's multidimensional because, of course, we do need to be easier on ourselves. We need to understand that the powers that be are working harder than ever to hijack your brain and hold it hostage because the longer they can keep your attention, the more they can sell you shit and the richer they get. That's the whole fucking game. None of this would exist. They wouldn't be doing any of this shit if they couldn't make a profit, right? So they're fucking supercharging this technology to hold your brain and your attention and your dopamine centers hostage. And that is not your fault. That is true. However, I do think it's important to consider that you still are an individual. You do have free will. You can make your own choices. And just like a crackhead needs to stop smoking crack, any of us addicted to our cell phones need to stop using our fucking cell phone all the time. It is partially our fault because we still make a choice to pull out the phone and keep using it, even after we realize we're addicted to it. Right? How many people you know said, man, I got to stop being... Stop using TikTok so much. I spent three hours yesterday looking at videos on TikTok. I spent six hours a day on my cell phone. The next time you talk to your friends, your mom, dad, brother, whatever, ask them to pull out their, their cell phone and show you their screen time. Look at your own screen time. How many hours a day do you spend looking at your phone? And if not your phone, your computer. And if not your computer, your television. It's alarming, dude. It's fucking alarming, you know? And so I think it is, it's not our fault that these things exist, but it's our responsibility to work against them, to develop that sense of discipline and self-control, to be like, you know what? I'm not doing anything productive with this right now. It can wait. TikTok is not going anywhere. YouTube certainly isn't going anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, you name it, you know? So it's not our fault that they exist, but it is our responsibility to control ourselves now that it does exist, you know? So I'm not all, I'm not with the whole fucking, um, you're just a victim and you shouldn't feel bad at all because there's validity to that, but it's like, you're still an individual. If you're listening to this, you're most likely an adult. So even if you are the victim, you also need to be the fucking hero. It's not like somebody's going to come and save you. Just because it's not your fault, you know what I mean? I think that's one thing I really wanted to to highlight after listening to the clip. It's not your fault, but listen, dog, if you don't beat the addiction, who's going to do that for you? Nobody. And I think that's the point of the clip. And uh, it's funny because once I finished preparing this episode, I was on TikTok, ironically, and another video that I'm going to play right now um, showed up on my feed and it's directly related. And it's this guy talking about the fact that our attention spans are shorter than ever. There's an attention crisis going on in modern society, especially in the West. And he wants to propose a cure or a solution to this problem. All right. So I'm going to play that clip now. Here we go. I'd like to remind you of three very important things in the next 60 seconds. Number one, the tech billionaires of the world have commoditized your attention span. They have reduced your conscious experience to advertising dollars and conditioned you into a cheap dopamine addiction. So all that resistance you feel around doing the important things in life, your tendency to want to escape into cheap pleasure seeking is not your fault and we can do something about it. Number two, the only way to do something about it is to redirect our attention to meaningful places, to follow our curiosity and find our purpose in life to do something of true value and help other people in the process. And number three, the only way to do that, to find our purpose, to systematically win back our attention span and commit ourselves to something meaningful is to pay very close attention to what fires us up. We can only find our curiosity by looking for it. The same way that a dog sniffs along the sidewalk for little smells is exactly what we want to do with our attention span. Pay attention to what fires you up and lean into it. Figure it out over time because we got this. Love you. Good shit, man. All right. Now, I know that was a little bit quick, so I'm going to go back, of course, and uh, play a bit by bit and explain some of the nouns, verbs, and adjectives just to make sure everything's clear. All right. So let's not waste any fucking time going back to the beginning. Here we go. I'd like to remind you of three very important things in the next 60 seconds. Number one, the tech billionaires of the world have commoditized your attention span. They have reduced your conscious experience to advertising dollars and conditioned you into a cheap dopamine addiction. All right, what a fucking sentence. So, the number one, no, 
Damn, I'm already fucking up. Number one, the tech billionaires of the world have commoditized your attention span. To commoditize something in a nutshell or in very simple terms basically means to turn something into a product. So your attention span has been turned into a product that is now commercially traded and or sold, right? That's what it means to commoditize something. Basically, basically, that's what it means. And your attention span is just the length of time that you can pay attention to something. So if you have the attention span of a goldfish, you can probably only pay attention for a few seconds. Now, I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that atten- that goldfish have very short attention spans. Maybe that's just an expression that isn't founded on anything true. I don't know. Uh, but that's neither here nor there, is it, Tony? No, it's not. All right, so your attention span has been commoditized. They have reduced your conscious experience to advertising dollars and conditioned you into cheap dopamine. So your conscious experience just means the experience that you are aware of. To be conscious means to be aware, typically of your own existence or the sensations you feel or what's happening around you. That's what it means to be conscious. So your conscious experience has been commoditized and they've reduced it to advertising dollars, meaning advertising is like, trying to promote a product or a service to be sold. So the money that they make from the ads on all these platforms, which is the only reason these platforms are free, right? They've conditioned you into a cheap dopamine addiction. Now to condition someone basically means to train them, right? They've trained you to become a dopamine addict, right? You're getting little hits of dopamine every time you swipe up and watch another video or swipe left and see another face or double tap and like and comment or whatever. You're getting little hits of dopamine. And the more that happens, the more you condition yourself to seek or look for or go after those hits of dopamine. So you're slowly being conditioned or trained to, how can I say this, engage in this behavior, right? That's really what he's saying. All right. So let me go back a few seconds and we'll continue experience to advertising dollars and conditioned you into a cheap dopamine addiction. So all that resistance you feel around doing the important things in life, your tendency to want to escape into cheap pleasure seeking is not your fault and we can do something about it. All right. So all that resistance that you feel, all that resistance that you feel, resistance. Um, let me, where'd I put the definition? Resistance, the refusal to accept or comply with something, an effort made to counteract another force. In this case, it references the internal struggle one might feel against being distracted or led astray. Does that make sense to you? Hmm? When he says all that resistance you feel around doing the important things in life, he's saying that tendency, that, that internal, it's, it's a physical feeling. It's a physical sensation when you know there's something important you need to do, like study English, practice English, go to the gym, wash the dishes, take out the trash, have that difficult conversation, whatever it may be. Physically, you feel the desire to run away, to go do something else, to look for a distraction, to procrastinate, to do anything except that one thing you don't want to do. That feeling is resistance, right? So that resistance you feel and your tendency to escape Tendency, where did I put it? In tendency, an inclination or natural predisposition towards a particular behavior or action. In this context, it implies a habitual drift towards distractions and superficial pleasures. So if you have a tendency to do something, it just means you have a habit of doing that thing. More likely than not, you're going to do that thing. That's really what he's saying. So your tendency to want to escape into cheap pleasure seeking is not your fault. It's You're not the one to blame. You are not guilty here. That's what he's saying. And we can do something about it. There is a solution. There's hope, right? Number two, the only way to do something about it is to redirect our attention to meaningful places, to follow our curiosity and find our purpose in life, to do something of true value and help other people in the process. And number three, the only way to do that, to find our purpose, to systematically win back our attention span, and commit ourselves to something meaningful is to pay very close attention to what fires us up. All right, number three, the only way to do this, the only way to overcome this fucking addiction, the only way to find our purpose is to systematically win back our attention span. When he says win back, in this case, it's like a phrasal verb, to win something back basically means to recover something after it has been lost. So you lose it, or it's taken from you and you win it back. You do something to recover it or bring it back into your possession. So we need to win back or recover our attention span and commit ourselves to something meaningful. 
right? And we need to pay very close attention to what fires us up. If something fires us up, it basically means it gets you very energized, very excited. You know, it's something that inspires you and motivates you. It ignites that fire deep in your stomach and it makes you say, let's fucking go. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. I just got fired up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Beers on me tonight, boys. That's me fired up after a few shots of whiskey. I'm turned up. You know what I'm saying? Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Let's conquer the world. That's what it means to be fired up. So he's saying we need to pay very close attention to what fires us up. What gets us excited? What fucking lights that fire, man? That is the key to overcoming this cheap dopamine seeking tendency that the majority of us have. All right, let's continue. To systematically win back our attention span and commit ourselves to something meaningful is to pay very close attention to what fires us up. We can only find our curiosity by looking for it. The same way that a dog sniffs along the sidewalk for little smells is exactly what we want to do with our attention span. All right. We only find our curiosity by looking for it. The same way a dog sniffs along the sidewalk for little smells is exactly what we want to do with our attention span. So to sniff, this is a verb, it's, it means to, actually I can... I'll, I can't show you because you can't see what I'm doing, but I'll demonstrate it. Right now I'm sniffing my microphone. Like a dog when he's walking along the street. Sniffing different things, trying to, you know, see what he can smell. Or if you got some, uh, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> There's many things you can sniff, right? But uh, that's what he means. Like a dog that sniffs along the sidewalk for little smells, little and a smell is a, it's, it's a noun and a verb. To smell something means to perceive a particular odor with your nose. And a smell is a particular odor or fragrance that you can perceive with your nose. I hope that makes sense. So just like a dog will sniff along the sidewalk looking for the interesting smells and things that might be of value to the dog, we need to do that with our attention span. We need to sniff out that curiosity, find things that fire us up, find things that interest us and that make us think and make us want to do things and be people and, and have new experiences and shit like that. He's saying we need to look for this if we're going to overcome this cheap dopamine addiction. The dog sniffs along the sidewalk for little smells is exactly what we want to do with our attention span. Pay attention to what fires you up and lean into it. Figure it out over time because we got this. Love you. Mwah. All right. What do you say? Pay attention. Let me go back to the words. Pay attention to what fires you up and lean into it. Lean into it. Lean into that shit, man. When he, what he means when he says to lean into something, it means to embrace it embrace that thing with determination with dedication so if you discover that you love playing the saxophone lean into that right dive into it go deeper and deeper and deeper learn about the theory of music and famous saxophone players and how you can become better and better and better you know what i mean immerse yourself deeper and deeper and deeper into this thing that's what it means to lean into something right so find what fires you up and lean into it go all in on that shit and just figure it out over time so to figure something out typically means to how can i say this to solve something after a period of consideration or investigation. That's the dictionary definition. But if you're trying to figure out what you're interested in, it means that the problem is that you don't know what you're interested in. So if you figure it out, if you solve that problem by discovering what you're interested in, you have figured out what you're interested in. And then he's just saying that you should do that over time, right? It doesn't have to be today or tomorrow, just as time progresses gradually or eventually, you know what I mean? He's, he's basically communicating the understanding that you're not going to discover what fires you up right now just because you want to. You have to try different things, talk to different people, have different experiences, and over time, you will figure out what, you, what you're interested in and what fires you up. And once you figure that out, lean into that shit, right? Figure it out over time because we got this. When he says we got this, he's saying that this is well within our ability our capability. We are more than capable of doing this. We fucking got this, man. And somebody says, you got this? You say, fuck yeah, I got this. Meaning, yes, I can do it. Don't worry. It's, it's, under, it's under control. I got this shit. Got it under control. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do this. I fucking got this. 
<laughs> All right. Let me go back to the beginning of that clip. Play it one more time before we continue. Here we go. I'd like to remind you of three very important things in the next 60 seconds. Number one, the tech billionaires of the world have commoditized your attention span. They have reduced your conscious experience to advertising dollars and conditioned you into a cheap dopamine addiction. So all that resistance you feel around doing the important things in life, your tendency to want to escape into cheap pleasure seeking is not your fault and we can do something about it. Number two, the only way to do something about it is to redirect our attention to meaningful places, to follow our curiosity and find our purpose in life to do something of true value and help other people in the process. And number three, the only way to do that, to find our purpose, to systematically win back our attention span and commit ourselves to something meaningful is to pay very close attention to what fires us up. We can only find our curiosity by looking for it. The same way that a dog sniffs along the sidewalk for little smells is exactly what we want to do with our attention span. Pay attention to what fires you up and lean into it. Figure it out over time because we got this. Love you. Mwah. All right, my friend. So what did you think? What did you think about that clip? Hopefully it was much easier to understand the second time around. And hopefully you've taken something valuable from this man's words, because like he said, this is something I agree. I agree with 100 percent wholeheartedly. The cure or the remedy for this cheap dopamine addiction, cell phone addiction, social media addiction, you name it, is just Finding something that's truly meaningful, something that fires you up, gets you excited, makes you want to get out of bed and work on it or be involved in it. And it's not easy. It's not easy, right? Especially if you're already addicted to your phone and you've never really done shit with your life or you forgot what it's like to do something else. It's very easy to just stay in that fucking black hole that is the Internet and never come out of that shit. It's very, very, very easy. It's actually designed for it to be easy. You know what I mean? That's what this whole episode is about. And so one thing, I mean, because I know what it's like. This is, I, I probably in past episodes have uh, been talking like, man, get your shit together. Stop being lazy. Stop procrastinating. Just fucking do it. You know that you know what you need to do. You just don't want to put in the work. You lazy piece of shit. Fucking get it together. God damn it. I'm sure I've said something like that on this podcast before. And although I mean it, I think an episode like this one is really important because it's true, man. Like you have to consider the fact that you know, we're all human beings and it's easy to say that your the human will is much stronger than any other force on the planet, but it's not that simple, right? I mean, like I said, professional scientists help these companies design the apps in a way that exploit your natural vulnerabilities. So you are, to a certain extent, defenseless against this type of technology. And so, although I have been in that position saying like, man, fucking take some responsibility, get it together, show some goddamn discipline. Fuck is wrong with you. Even though I've said shit like that, it's coming from a person who has also dealt with addiction. I've dealt with depression. I know what all that shit's about, man. I'm not saying this shit because it sounds good. I can only speak from experience. And I can say in relation to this clip that I've just played, it's true, man. You just have to find something much more meaningful and fulfilling. Find yourself a challenge. Find something you actually enjoy doing just because you like it, you know? I would also say, this is something that's a little more complicated. I would also say, get yourself some fucking money, you know? I learned that from Nipsey Hussle. I was listening to an interview that he did many years ago, and he said, man, get yourself some money. You'll feel different. You will feel different about yourself. Now, that's slightly unrelated. It's a completely different uh, topic. But I'm just saying, like, focus on what's important. And whether you like it or not, getting paid is important because if you don't get paid, you can't pay bills. Then you're really in trouble. But even more importantly than money, which comes and goes, learn how to use your time in beneficial ways. Really stop and consider how you spend your time and then stop and consider how that time spent has an effect on you, your mental health, your happiness, your sense of fulfillment, your emotional state, your outlook on the future. You really need to stop and think about this. This is why I keep doing this fucking podcast, because I want you to think. I want you to think, not just learn English. That's going to happen either way. This entire podcast is in English. If you keep listening and paying attention, you check out the vocabulary guides, you talk to you practice or whatever, you're going to learn English. But you need to think, bro. You need to think about what you're doing and where you're going, where your time and attention is at all times. You need to think about that shit. We need to think about that shit. And that's the point of this episode. 
And like like bro said in the clip, you know, you just have to figure it out over time, which is why I probably said in past episodes, the most important thing you can do when you don't know what to do is just do something. I think I talked about that in the episode titled Follow Your Passion. I think it's number 32, number 38, something like that. I talked about that. It's like telling people to follow your passion is a really bad idea because not everyone's passion is going to get them paid well enough to pay bills and support a family. So I think you need to develop valuable skills and then get paid for your mastery of those skills. But anyway, maybe you don't know which skills you should develop. You don't know which career you should pursue. You don't know who you want to be or what you want to do. If that's you right now, just do something, bro. Just do something. Work a bunch of different jobs. Talk to a bunch of different people. Listen to stories. There's podcasts and books to help you with this shit. Just get experience. That's the only, you're not going to fucking discover what you were born to do. You're not going to discover your life's passion or your natural born talents sitting on the fucking couch looking at your phone, right? Getting drunk or smoking weed, staring at your phone and beating your dick, bro. You're not going to discover your calling in life by doing that or watching reality TV shows, fucking Kardashians and shit, looking at Instagram models. That is not doing anything positive for you or your life, right? So you just got to do something, do something. And then once you get the experience, you can analyze it and say, is this what I want to do or not what I want to do? Do I like that or do I dislike that? Is this helping me or hurting me? You know what I mean? I don't have all the answers, bro. I don't have all the answers. I don't know exactly what you should do. I'm just telling you what I think. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just telling you what I think about this topic, what I think about what, what this guy said in the clip and my own experience. You know what I mean? There's nothing more valuable than your time and attention. There's absolutely nothing more valuable than that. And the more that we just fucking waste it on empty, meaningless distractions on our cell phones, the higher the chance that we get to 60, 70, 80, or 90 years old and feel like absolute pieces of shit because we will, ha we will know that we have wasted the most valuable thing given to us which is our time on this earth, you know? I'm not trying to get all fucking, I'm not here to preach. I feel like, I feel myself preaching. That's not, that's not my intention. It's just real shit, man. It's just something to think about. It's really important to stop and think how is, how are the things that we consider normal affecting our daily experience? It's now normal to spend six hours a day on your phone or your computer or your TV, not talk to people in the streets, not look people in the eyes when you talk to them, not leave the house and try to make friends or build relationships or anything like that. That is now normal, at least in the West. That is now normal. And I just think it's important that we stop and consider the fact that for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, that was not normal. And it's, it has to be having some kind of effect on us. And I'm not here to demonize social media. I think it's a, it's a nice tool, depending on how you use it. But most of us are not using it in the proper way. So, um, like I always say, it's just something to think about, man. Of course, of course, of course, it is our responsibility to make our lives into what we want it to be. It's our responsibility to develop the skills that we need to make the money we want to make, to be the people we want to be, to live the lives we want to live. That is on you. My life is on me, nobody else. But at the same time, if you are finding yourself in this place where you're finding it hard to pay attention, stay focused, be disciplined, stop procrastinating, do what's really important on a day-to-day -day basis, just understand that there are more forces, nefarious forces, working to hack your dopamine and your attention spans and really rob you of all your time, there are more forces than ever before. So it's not necessarily your fault that these forces exist, but it is your responsibility to work against them, right? But let me know what y'all think, man. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, click the episode, scroll down a little bit to where it says, what did you think about this episode? And just let me know your thoughts. If you are subscribed on Patreon, first of all, thank you for supporting the podcast. Much love to you. And let me know on Discord. What do y'all think? Hit me up wherever you need to hit me up. Give me some feedback on this one, y'all, because I know this topic affects all of us in one way or another. And I think the more discussions we have about it, 
the higher the chance that we can actually create some change for us and those around us. All right. But that's it for now, my friend. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Real English Radio. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. I am your host, Tony Kai Zen, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.